everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. We are really happy you're here. End of the year, 2023. Phew. Going out the door. Yeah. And wow, what a what an, a really amazing, intense year. And one of the really intense things that happened is Charlie Munger passed away at 99.99 years old. <laughs> Charlie almost made it to 100. He was, it was a, a few yeah. days short. And, is that uh, true? He was a few days short? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think his birthday is like the first or second or something like that. He passed away at the end of November. And uh, God, I don't know. I'm curious to hear how you felt because you've been around this world longer than me, but it felt like a real shock to me. Like just like, like I'd lost family. a loved one. Yeah. Like family. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope I'm not being melodramatic or making this up or being too much of a groupie, but really, um, you know, a lot of us took the time to go visit or to go see Charlie when he was, when he would speak, right. Mm -hmm. Charlie and Warren. And, much of the reason why we do that is be just to say thank you, you know, to mm -hmm. kind of be there. Yeah. And, um, and now he's gone. And so it's like a great grandfather figure, I think, although <laughs> certainly a lot closer to Charlie's age than that for me, but <laughs> no, but I think know, that, that role like that. of, of kind of being like somebody from a different generation who's giving wisdom and experience from right. earlier times that you don't, you know, you weren't part of very much. So I think also part of the reason that it hit me so much was, and maybe our listeners can relate to this was just, I just found out like so casually, I mean, literally like somebody stuck their head into the room I was in and goes, Oh, did you hear Charlie Munger died? And I was just like, right. like, it's like somebody wouldn't say it like that if your grandfather died. And it was just so out of nowhere and casual and I sort of didn't know how to feel. And then I sort of realized an hour or two later, like, oh, I'm actually really sad about this. This is really hitting me and I need to reflect a little bit and have, have a bit of time. So it's taken us a while to get to this episode of talking about him, but in a way I kind of wanted to do that despite our uh our schedule and technical things going on lately but i wanted to have a little time to reflect before we just dove in and honor him properly well i, I thought you know one of the uh, pieces of writing that came out after charlie passed away was from lee lu who was very very close to charlie i think mm -hmm. um lee lee lu managed money for charlie which was really unusual right I mean, Charlie, Charlie could handle his money pretty well. Um, but he saw a quality in Lee Lu and an opportunity in Lee Lu to invest with someone who could do things that he, Charlie couldn't do. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, Access and, and, to Asia. Yeah. And in, and in a way, maybe being able to, maybe you're the, you know, the third or, or you know, you're, you're one of the top investors, top 10 investors in, in the world but you know you're not number one and then you see the guy who's number one and you go, okay, I'm going to put some money with number one here because I Wait, Are you really saying well. that Charlie thought that about Lee Lu? 
I think Charlie thought Lee Lu was maybe the best investor in the world. You think Charlie thought he was in the top 10 and Lee Lu was maybe number one? I don't know if Charlie was... I don't, I, Charlie was a pretty humble guy. I don't know that he would say he was in the top 10. Um, oh, I agree with that. track yeah. record. Yeah, it, but I think he thought Lee Lu was a spectacularly good investor. And, I, I, you know, what are you going to say about a guy who's, I think, his compounded yield o- over his career so far has been in the high 20s or 30% or something. It's just huge returns. And 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 they, and they Lilu was given the opportunity to, to get to know Charlie personally. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a letter out, sort of a public letter out on the 30th of November. So some of you may have seen this already, but I just thought I'd, I don't know if you've seen it, honey. And I, I have not I, seen it. Tell, yeah, tell. Well, real briefly, he was invited. Well, first of all, just for people and for myself to look it up afterwards, is it online? It's on Facebook. Oh, Facebook of all places. Facebook, uh, where could you find it? Then surely it's somewhere else as well, if you are like me and avoiding Facebook. Can I send you a link? Uh, what this means. I don't even know how I got into Facebook. I never go to Facebook. Okay, it's fine. We'll Google it. We'll find it. Okay, you can find it. But in it, he talks about being close enough to the family that they invited him out for a viewing of Charlie's body. I know that they were quite close just anecdotally from, you know, third party. I know somebody who's in the long-term value investing world who um, who also invests with Lee Lu and has been invited to spend time with both Lilu and Charlie in groups of about nine or 10 people. So they did that regularly. And this person got to do it more than once um, and just said it was one of the most special experiences they've ever had. So I know that I know that they knew each other well enough to do things like that with other people. And I imagine they had many private conversations as well. Well, Lilu says something so cool. Um, You remember this book? I, I don't know if you ever read it, you know, but I know I've shown it to you um, by Yogananda. Um, the uh, not memoirs some, of a yogi, but uh, yeah, autobiography of a yogi. Autobiography of a yogi. Yes, I've and read that. And in it, he talks about his teacher passing away and lying in state for weeks. Hmm. I read that book and, when I was a kid, and I don't really remember the details. Point being that this is. You know, anecdotes throughout history of Asia, there have been these monks who they just don't corrupt after they die. Their bodies stay uncorrupted or incorrupted. Ah, sorry. I talked over you, I think. So you are saying the body didn't start to decompose. Right. In, Got it. In Yogananda's book, he talked about that. And then when Yogananda passed away, his followers said that his body also did not decompose hmm. for weeks. So... And this is just Lee Lu saying he's looking at Charlie and he just had this vision that Charlie was this incorruptible, had an incorruptible body. He would hmm. he, like he was shimmering in in some sort of some sort of God consciousness light. And um, he said it won't this, of course, won't ever be tested. But he said it's no question that all of what Charlie taught us would will last for generations and generations and generations. So I thought, mm. thought it was such a great sort of compliment to his teacher. Uh, I, I agree. That was really beautiful. And I just, 
I appreciate the comparison to a guru that teaches enlightenment, because I think there is, uh, I was going to say there is, there are elements of that, but it's more than that. That is, in a weird way, wrapped up in this strange money gambling market system. (laughs) There is this core of truths about life that they taught us, and, and Buffett is teaching us. And I still, to this day, do not understand how those things go together, but somehow they do. They perfectly. do in Charlie. They do in Charlie. They do in Charlie. And That's Warren, right. Warren once said that, um, he said that, there, that Charlie marches to his own music, and it's music that virtually no one else is listening to. <laughs> it's <like> completely <laughs> unique. And, um, and, and so it would make sense that Li Lu would say that, you know, and there's the idea of uh, Confucianism of a sort of virtuous, enlightened life. There's these things that you can do that have been passed down through China forever. And, and he said, this is a vision of modern, it's a modern Confucian monk in a way um, that Charlie sort of combines capitalism with this sort of Confucian legacy. It was a really great thought, I thought, you know. That's beautiful. And the idea that this guy who is so terse and, and in many people thought unforgiving, rational to a fault, right? I mean, just... Could be very harsh. Harsh, un, uncaring, mm-hmm. zero empathy. Blunt. Right? Right? And mm-hmm. yet he's going to be honored as one of the great people ever. And, um, and so you have to think, you know, a lot of other people that have been in our lives in one way or another, like Steve jobs comes to mind as someone who has an equal amount of, um, let's say negative publicity around his sort of lack Hmm. of empathy, uh, toward other people and their issues and problems, um, in this drive for what's right. And, um, and Charlie just had that baked into him, this, this concept of what is right. Really, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's fair if his family would hate this, but it just seems to me he's sort of an Anne Randian character. I don't see uh, him at all as lack of empathy. Uh, I think he would not appreciate that characterization. I don't think that's quite true. But the delivery was very blunt and straightforward and... Uh, Fair yeah, enough. not trying to protect feelings, but I think the reason he is venerated, shall we say, maybe that's too strong a word, but something in that direction, is um, because the content was filled with appreciation for the human condition of trying to be better all the time, mm-hmm. of yeah. respect for other people and the reality that we each live. I think so much of his success and the way and the reason his thoughts resonate with us is that he was kind of the ultimate behavioral economics <laughs> living figure where he was constantly saying, "Okay, fine, you want it to be this way, but the reality is this other way. Uh-huh. And I'm going to put my money in a way that reflects actual behavior of people oh yeah well said and i think that we don't hear that very often and or if you do you hear it in a negative way 
in an unempathetic way. And that right. is not the way he lived it or characterized it. For him, it was very much like, let's respect the human condition and who we are and do our best to be better all the time. One thing that I'm sure many people thought of immediately, but I thought of immediately, was that his advice to all of us was to write your own obituary and then try to work backwards and live it and create it. And that's what he did, I think. Only he knows, but it'd be hard to live much better life than Charlie Munger. Yeah. Uh, well, we could ask his family. I mean, I had the feeling that Charlie would take his family out to this lake house that they had up in Lake Michigan somewhere, or one of the lakes up there. And, and then he would just be lost in a book. I mean, the stories are are legion about Charlie not knowing you're talking to him <laughs> from his family, right? True, true. So, well, yeah, I'll tell the, you what. The, I, the I curse of the genius, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of some of the, my favorite things that Charlie has said. You know, he has a way, Warren would say that, you know, it would take him a few minutes to explain something that Charlie would get it done in a, in a word or two. Mm quite famously at his uh, annual events. We've seen him, him do it many times. And I got some of his, I, I jotted down some of the ones I, I like the best in, in no certain order. You want to hear them? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think these are quite interesting. So Bitcoin. Yes. Noxious poison. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, crypto. I call it crypto shit. A venereal disease. It's antisocial to allow it. <laughs> Crypto. Which, who knows, it may turn out to be one of the more interesting modern inventions. Who knows? All right. EBITDA. E-B-I-T-D-A. Stands for earnings uh, before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. It's a common, common uh shortcut to figuring out what a business is worth. That's a multiple of EBITDA. And he calls it bullshit earnings. Yes, bullshit that's earnings. right. <laughs> Diversification is diversification or madness. <laughs> CEO pay, there's a moral duty to be underpaid if you're a CEO. A Ooh, I don't know if I heard that one. That's, that's really... a good one. Yeah. He says high CC, CEO pay, is insane. I think in part because of the message it sends. Um, compensation consultants. I love this one. I'd rather throw a viper down my shirt front <laughs> than hire somebody to help determine the pay of a CEO. All right. American universities. I'd remove three quarters of the faculty. Straight up. Okay. University professors who are not in the sciences, these squirrely people. <laughs> <laughs> Modern portfolio theory, which you guys know is the idea that price and value are the same thing in the market. I've been waiting for this craziness to end for decades. Cost of capital, a perfectly amazing mental malfunction. Cost of capital is a fundamental of modern portfolio theory. High IQ investors. 
it's better to be consistently not stupid. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that. That's something that I find very helpful to remind myself. Because yes, I'm, as we've yourself. talked about many times, I'm on the opposite side of you as far as being like not confident enough in my decisions. And it helps a lot to remember Charlie Munger himself saying, don't try to be the smartest. Just try yeah. not to be stupid. Yeah, just try not to be. Um, okay, you like these? I got a few more. A few more, yeah. Okay. Um, mergers. <laughs> I thought you'd like this one. Merger and acquisition attorney. Okay, mergers. When you mix raisins and turds, you've still got turds. <laughs> I agree. I love that one. Okay. <laughs> On capitalism. Capitalism without failure is like religion without hell. Oh, interesting. Isn't that, isn't that really brilliant? I.e. it doesn't quite work. It doesn't work if you mm. can't fail. Then every everybody just keeps funding crap mm. that shouldn't be funded. Mm. And you don't have the really good stuff make it to the top. Um, because there's no downside. Um, he, on artificial intelligence, this is a hot item right now. He calls it hype. Old fashioned intelligence works pretty well. And we'll see how that goes down the road. Black I mean, Shoals, which I don't is, think it's going anywhere, in, but you know, yeah, I don't think it is either. But Black Shoals, which is a not just award winning Nobel Prize winning formula, which is based on the concept of modern portfolio theory, essentially says that. At the money, every stock at all times through the day is a 50-50 bet to go up or down. Black Scholes is how- The market is so perfect. That, uh, that's how they price options, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. He calls it a know-nothing system. Straight okay. up. And all I'll right. tell you, with our experience with it, I have to say, Charlie's right. Um, okay. I love this. Big personal problems. Some big personal problems, he said- I just put them in my too hard pile and just leave them there. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one either. All right. All right. That's, that's Last a novel one. approach. <laughs> Last just one. And that let is, things I fester. Give, I'm giving Charlie the last word here. Um, he says, to the extent that all I've done is pick stocks that have gone up and sat on my ass as my family got richer, I haven't left much contribution to society. <laughs> I guess it's a lot like Wall Street. Oh, the difference nice. is, here we go. The difference is, I feel ashamed of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird one because I don't think right? he does. <laughs> okay, wait. He says, I try to make up for it with philanthropy and meetings like this one today. This oh. meeting is not out of kindness. <laughs> this is atonement, <laughs> which is so perfect. If you've ever been to a meeting with Charlie, you totally see it. Totally see it. That is so interesting. Yeah, that's I think that's funny. good stuff. So I think let's leave it right there with Charlie unless you have uh, some more to wait, add. Wait, I do. Oh, I do. Oh, I do away. indeed have something to add, unlike Charlie most of the time. Um. <laughs> I just, I have to play this. At, you know, I was setting you up to just go, nothing to add. I know, it was a really <laughs> good is, setup. You can ask Charlie's me again comment. at the end. Okay, I'll ask you again at the end. 
Um, All right. So I have to say, I'm curious, uh, when you first heard of Charlie, I don't know, maybe we can talk about that next time because it'll get too long, but I first heard of Charlie, I distinctly remember, sitting in a room in Jackson Hole with you when we started recording this podcast, sitting on a giant king-size bed together with two microphones off of Amazon and... (laughs) Our thirty-nine dollar mics. Exactly. Yeah. Just going like, well, let's talk about investing, and if we record it, maybe we'll actually talk about it. And I was prepared to hear about Warren Buffett, and the first thing you said to me, and everybody can go back and listen to this, is, "We're not going to talk about Buffett today. We're going to talk about Charlie Munger." And wow. I said, "Who? Who's Charlie Munger?" <laughs> I had never heard of him. No clue. Didn't know Buffett had a partner. Knew nothing. And you played this, what I'm about to play for you, this clip about Charlie, of Charlie talking about his four principles of investing. Yes. Yes. And it hit me, it hit me to the point where I wanted to know more. You couldn't have started this out in a better way. I was extremely intrigued. There was so much to dig into from these very short words. And we played Charlie, I think, for about 25 episodes after that to the point where people got sick of listening to it. And I didn't care because I like hearing him every time. So I'm going to play Charlie Munger's Four Principles of Investing and say thank you. And if anybody oh, wants to watch this... It's on YouTube. If you put in Charlie Munger BBC interview, uh, the one I've there's a number of different links to it, but the one I have right now is Charlie Munger reveals secrets to getting rich, and it starts at six minutes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so great. Thank you for for ending this like this. Perfect. Sure. We have to deal in things that we're capable of understanding, and then. Once we're over that filter, we have to have a business with some intrinsic characteristics that give it a durable competitive advantage. And then, of course, we would vastly prefer a management in place with a lot of integrity and talent. And finally, no matter how wonderful it is, it's not worth an infinite price. So we have to have a price that makes sense and gives a margin of safety considering the natural vicissitudes of life. That's a very simple set of ideas. And the reason that our ideas have not spread faster is they're too simple. The professional classes can't justify their existence if that's all they have to say. I mean, it's all so obvious and so simple. What would they have to do with the rest of the semester? Just every, literally every time I listen to that, I take something new. This time it was, no matter how wonderful it is, of course we're not going to pay an infinite price. It's just so, yeah, right, yes. Like, hello, remember that. Not going to pay just anything. Well, I would say Charlie has um, massively atoned, don't you think? Um, 
for He's whatever you need to atone for, <laughs> and uh, should should I'm sure be welcomed with open arms in the in the galaxy of great heroes that are out there. So, indeed, rest in peace, Charlie. And I guess for us, it's time to go play. See ya. You're not going to oh, ask me. Do you have anything to add? Oh. Oh, do you have anything to add? I have nothing to add. That was so badly done. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> we try. Uh, thanks, everybody. And uh, yep. go read some Charlie Munger for the end of the year. Yep. And enjoy your investing practice. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Happy holidays. See you. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>